What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 87 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Ah! God damn it. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm stoked to be back. We specifically talked about you not doing that intro. I don't think when, like, thirty-five seconds ago. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> I can. All you have to do is become a disc golf podcast Patreon subscriber, and you can hear it on our pre-show recordings that we give to our patrons. I don't think that's true. I think you just made that up. I uh, know it's a one hundred percent true, and also, uh, people just heard the nonsensical, weird grunt that you. Put out that's how I, that's how I welcome people. <sighs> wasn't very good. Wasn't very good. I'm not. I never said I was good at welcoming people. You know, Joe. That's that's true. Actually, <laughs> you, ne- you never said it. No, but, I never claimed any of that. But nonetheless, we're a podcast about disc golf and friendly banter and enjoying a a wonderful beverage together. And and you just got started off like that. I'm, my feelings are hurt. I was just I was given insight into our bear review that we do. Our bear review? That's yeah. a, that's not a thing. We uh, don't we don't do a bear review. No, we don't. It's like ah, bear. It's like a, a bourbon and disc pairing. Is that was your what you're getting at? Yeah. Mm. That doesn't make any sense. We do a deer review, a disc and beer pairing. Oh, that's what I meant on this show where that we one. take a disc and uh, take I a beer. I did the totally wrong animal noise. Review them together, and uh, for whatever reason, it's uh, what noise does a deer make? I no clue, man. I bet they have like some like. <laughs> I think that's probably what a deer is like. What is going on right now? I thought I was supposed to do like an animal noise for our reviews. No, tell me we're still in the pre-show. Why or is, no, we're why rolling. This, why does this keep happening? <clears throat> uh, just trying to entice people to become patrons. It's not right? working. I I don't think it's working. I think you're right. Yeah, I think maybe. Um, yeah, that'll happen. Um, Great. So, Great. Robin played disc golf this week, uh, or this past week. Twice. Twice. That is two more times than he has in the last three months. Uh, that's not I know, that's, that's not, not true. true. I was exaggerating, not by a ton, though. I actually had a ton of fun playing with our kids. That was great. That was fun. And uh, my oldest did an awesome job and played all 18 holes. Yeah, made all 18. That was great. Walked them all, and on a course that's got a lot of hills, too. So I uh, I looked at my phone and and it was something like four miles, four point really? five four point five miles. That's really that much. Yeah. Well, for the day it was seven miles, and I looked at the span of when we were at Taylor Mountain, and uh, and yeah, we scurried around. Wow. See, look at that. Look at so. that great exercise that I um, undid by drinking beer the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to disc golf. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. We uh, Joe and I brought our, our two oldest. Well, well Joe only one. has one child because, you know, that's just how he rolls. And uh, <laughs> I have 11. And yep. I brought the oldest. Well, I call him number one. Cause For multiple reasons. Because he's number one. And uh, we we had a good time. They we, they hiked the whole thing through some drives. Uh, you know, Didn't fall off the tee pads. Didn't fall too bad too much no no there was like a tumble at the beginning and then it was like this is just what the day is going to be and he's like oh okay we're good yeah but my form is all out of whack i got no idea where i'm throwing half the time and uh my putting is is i would say 
bad, but it's probably par for the course. I'm kind of a streaky putter. Like I will, yeah, I, I will say when, your your putts are. I feel like your putts were off, not insanely, but you were putting over the top of the cage, yeah, a good amount, and that's not when you miss. That's usually not how you miss. Yeah. So it's normally when I'm on the course, I'll just have a streak of eight or nine holes where I don't miss, or yeah. something along those lines, and then. But I was just all over the place and missing short putts and. And uh, pretty much the whole time, which I guess would be expected. I had a, a, a disc golf hiatus yeah. here after the birth of my my third my third son. So, I mean, that's how it works, though. That's it. You gotta you gotta get back into it. Um, so, did you getting back out after being kind of away for a while? And I know you played. We played at least one other time before that, maybe a couple times since Zane was born. Yep. Yeah. Um. Did you have any sorts of breakthroughs? Did you have anything that you like? No. See, well, that's probably just because that's how Absolutely long ago not. I had my son that I was so new into the game that like I had my like breakthrough. I mean, the only, when we like when we reviewed the the Ragnarok and stuff like that, like, uh, you know, I had some good throws those days and stuff like that. But but I don't it wasn't like anything that was right. It, it hasn't translated to, to the course. It's not yet. not a course. Those aren't course throws for what we play on, right? Um, you know, it's open field trying yeah. to go for max distance. That's true, and like it's not the, something I ever really try to do on most of the courses that we play. Um, and the pieces for my game that kind of came through when I had my hiatus and got back out were like <clears throat> things that we have now have been doing forever. Yeah, like I never had uh, driven a putter off of a tee. Until yeah. after my son was born. Yeah. But I, it is true. I mean, the, you know, what you're getting at is that taking some time off and kind of thinking about disc golf and, and taking in maybe watching some tutorials and things like that rather than getting out and just going out and throwing and doing the same thing you always do and expecting to get, uh, you know, get better results or a better, uh, you know, better score each time, even though you're not taking any st- steps. I mean, I definitely have had, I've said it before on this podcast that I went on one of my best form breakthroughs was I was down in Mexico and, uh, ended up getting freaking crazy Mexico, you know, illness, shall we put it? Montezuma's revenge perhaps. Ooh. And was, was laid up for like a, a day and a half or something like that. And ended up watching a whole bunch of form videos and kind of figured out and got back and had it, had added like 50 feet without having thrown a disc. Right. But that was that was like one of those things where I was going from like 300 feet to 350. So it's kind of a common, you know, form breakthrough. Totally. You know, where it, where when you're at that 300 range, you figure out a couple of things like a slightly better brace and and, you know, a straight reach back. Yeah, getting getting past that plateau is a lot easier. Yeah, like the toughest plateau I've ever had is like going like the the three shoot like three eighty to four hundred. Yeah, like that twenty feet. Yeah, even going from like three eighty to like three ninety five is totally. like a it's rough. Yeah, it, it is it, at least in a consistent fashion. Yep, that's not easy to do. <clears throat> so I, it, I I haven't seen it yet, but I've been all over the place lately. So. Mostly, yeah. I just I hate missing putts like that. I gotta get that back. I gotta start practicing my putts again because I that was heartbreaking. Yeah, there's a lot of the heartbreak <laughs> there. Me the day before, I just everything I took a 
triple on one and like a double on four. Like it was yeah. just a very bad way to start rolls the day. and craziness. Yeah, and just rolls. That's totally what it was too. <clears throat> and like, then missing putts, compounding it. And well, then- and that's and that's really at courses where there's a lot of change in elevation, mm-hmm. which is like every course in our area. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm so blown away when I go to other courses and there's not that, and then I realize that. It's kind of a unique. It's more where we're at than most places. Yeah, it's Having usually that, flat those hills. and wooded and whatnot. And we are not super wooded. We just got lots of hills. Yeah. But I was gonna say, the biggest roll away, the majority of the time that I have rollaways are not on drives. They're not on approaches. There, when you hit the basket and it doesn't go in, hit either you think off the top, you hit the cage, you chain out. That's yep. That's when you have the worst rollaways. Yep. Yeah, those are brutal. Right. So it's like, but I had basically the round where it was where it was. Uh, I didn't capitalize on the good drives and the the bad uh, the bad holes just snowballed. You know, like I'd get the roll away and I missed the putt and get the roll away and or the bad drive. I'd have a bad approach and leave myself with a. 35 or 40 footer when when a simple upshot would have had me parked and then when i did get myself in in position even on difficult holes i didn't capitalize i missed a short birdie putt or or whatever it was that's just how it was just rusty all around rusty yeah totally well and for me um i was talking with you this we're talking with you this talking with you about this the other day i am like ptsd slick tee pads yeah, I agree. We have rubber tee pads at the course we're playing at, and a couple of them are shady, and it's it's winter time now, so it's wet, and uh, they're pretty slick. Yeah, and it can get in your head in a hurry. And the thing is, there's a handful. I was just thinking, like maybe I'll just throw from the side of tee pads. But the more I'm thinking about it, the tee pads that are the worst, there's nowhere to there's throw. nowhere to throw. Yeah. There's no place to the yeah. side or behind or whatever. I think you're right. I think you have to start bringing a towel to set down yep. and, and trying that so that your plant foot lands. You know, you could pretty easily have a have a towel there and just make sure your plant foot. That way you know that that, that spot's yeah, going to stay. Yeah, it's just it's so in my head. So, like, uh, I, I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast, but years ago I did, like, a full run-up on our final hole at our local course, and it was, like, a earlier morning – so there was dew and maybe a little bit of frost or something on the tee pad, yeah. or was melting off, and um, and I was saying a full run up, not just an X step kind of more like smooth walk, like I do like a full off the tee pad run up. Yeah, feet full on out from underneath me, went straight to my forearms, like tore up my triceps for weeks, um, and I've been like gun shy on slick tee yeah. pads ever since it's so like ingrained in my head and i will uh just saw my shots off or throw just weird like yeah there's no confidence in my throw and obviously if you're not throwing confidently it's it's it's, it's not all go arm well. you end up yep. throwing all arm and you're yep. probably gonna round and yep and uh yeah no it's it's not not good and joe i watched that and i i i'm probably you know, giving a little hyperbole to it, but I feel like all four of your your limbs left the ground, and you came down pretty much on your elbows. Yep. Like basically in the X step, as you were going forward to 
to transition to your plant foot, you lost your trailing leg. Yep. And then just that slipped out from under you when you would normally doing the doing your last step forward to plant and then release it as that that plant foot was off the ground, you lost your trailing leg, slipped out from under you and just went just Yeah, it was brutal. Like, like it was I was I was blown away. I like didn't know that was possible. Like I never yeah. thought that I that's, you know, a slip on the tee pad would be something like that. Yeah. So it's all like jacked in my head. So I think a towel, even if it's straight um, mental, like it might not even, but being able to step on it and not have my foot slide a little bit will help. Yeah. So I think that's what I need to start doing because, I mean, that's the season we're in. And it's like those dewy, like muddy ones and stuff too. Like mm-hmm. in full rain, I'm probably like, all right, it's that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Someday. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. So we're uh, it's it's off season for for disc golf at this point. We got not much tournament action. We got uh you know few few little announcements that came out of of disc golf uh this week. But on this show, we're going to uh you know talk about a couple different things. We've got the the Vibram Open has changed names from the past, so we'll we'll let you know what what that changed to. We also have our our world famous deer review where we're going to review the West Side Giant, which is a 13-speed distance driver with a gigantic, ginormous Imperial IPA, which is uh, by Gigantic Brewing Company. So, See how we got a beer that went with a disc? So we our, did it! Our world-famous deer review, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. And, uh, yeah, so West Side Giant and uh, ginormous Imperial IPA. So... We'll hit both of those and go from there. Probably, you know, numerous other tangents in between. Yep, that's what we do. So, but yeah, uh, and then I guess I I completely spaced because we missed Thanksgiving and uh, we're we're very sorry about that. But we were we just, we tried and then we just it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. But happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there, and we hope you had a had a great time with all your families and got to play some disc golf like we did. Is that so. what you're? Um, what you're thankful for that I got to play disc golf. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. What else? What else in the, in the, I mean, you can go be- in the disc golf world. Yeah. I mean, you can go beyond if you want, but in the disc golf world, like what are you, what are you thankful for? Um, I'm pretty stoked on, on the, the electron envies that came out. I'm pretty thankful that they finally did that. Cause I really liked the, the electron pilot and, and stuff like that. So getting that plastic in the envies, pretty thankful for that. And, uh, um, it's it's hard because I I'm so pissed off at myself for how poorly I played during that time to be be thankful for for uh for any part of my game, but uh I did have fun. Yeah, regardless. totally. So I I'm I'm thankful that even even when I'm not on top of my game that I can go out and have a good time with my friends and uh and enjoy it. And we played with David Ramirez, right? Yep. Yeah, who uh, who's a, a local guy and, and a listener and got to meet him. Joe had played with him before I hadn't. So Yeah, I, pl- I played with him a few times. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know what, though? It's the same thing with we talk about it with people who are first starting out, right? You're going to play rounds and you're going to play horrible rounds, horrible round after horrible round. But it's that one or two shots that you really nailed that you're like, that's what keeps bringing you out. Yeah. Totally. Right, and I know you had multiple moments like that. Even though your overall score wasn't great, 
you had good drives here and there. You had good putts. You had good approach. There's lots of things where you're mm-hmm. like, had a pretty good ace run. Yeah, did. Yeah, little little FD back to back days too. You you've had an ace run on that. Yeah, I've been dialed in on that hole. Yeah, for for a little bit. I threw one good one and one real bad one. <laughs> <laughs> same disc, same plan, different execution. <laughs> yeah, mandatory. Kind of messed up the yeah. first one. Yeah, that was gross. And that was the one that I filmed, which sucks. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. What are you going to do? But yeah, I'm going to film more stuff, too, because that worked out well. Yeah. Um, I got my my work, or through my work, I have like a, a Hero 5 GoPro, and there's like a nice little like clip that fits right on like the front of my uh, pocket on the top of my Ranger bag, and it works pretty darn good. Yeah. Not nice and stable and whatever, so. Yeah. I'll probably film some more stuff. Um, it's easy to do. It'll be a lot easier. I'm surprised I didn't do it without the kids. Without the kids, it's probably way easier than with the kids. So yeah, um, probably the next time we go out, um, I will film more and maybe put some of those videos out. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Takes time, effort. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, it get... could at least be thrown out on on Facebook and and Instagram. Totally, totally. Well, and that's the thing too. So. I just need to. Um, I want to edit it down. That's yeah. the main thing. I want to edit it down. And... If you want to find us there, Facebook.com/slash Disc Golf Podcast, or at that, the... yeah, that I've or... updated very frequently. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing over there? Uh, I'm starting. Can... I'm starting to post on Instagram again. But... Oh, good. But we're so more stuff at the disc there. golf podcast on Instagram. Yes, can, um, can see my shenanigans. I swear, he says shenanigans one more time. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> tangent, tangent time. Um, I let all of my coworkers know yesterday, one more time, that I am taking four twenty off next year. Okay, that's when Super Trooper Two comes out. Oh, got it. And I was like, it's not for what you think. Like, I'm going to make a day of Super Troopers 2. I'm going to make releasing. you smoke pot on that day so that you'll be lying to all of your, make me, all well, of your coworkers. I'm not lying, though, because that wouldn't be the reason that I was taking the day off. Because I did it on that day does not mean it was the reason. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, we all know Super Troopers 2 is the reason um, for multiple things. I am thankful for this podcast. Oh yeah, like this is cool. We're eighty-seven, eighty-seven episodes. Yeah, eighty-seven. Like we're rolling into, um, especially because we missed some episodes like we did last week here and there. We are not far from two years. Yeah, which is crazy. Coming up in February. Yeah, yeah. like it was beginning of February. It was yeah yeah beginning of February. Yeah, that so that's like super duper rad. Um. We broke 300 in our Slack group, mm-hmm. which is super cool. It's it's fun. Like it's this like crazy group now where I'm just like, I you guys are just rolling. <laughs> I'm gonna try and interject here and there. Like hopefully I can <laughs> keep up. But like, it'll definitely be times where I like have to step out of my office and then I come back. I'm like 85 messages. How am I supposed to keep up with this? Damn it! Uh, I know we had to. We we uh, we. Uh, had to announce moderators yeah which which awesome thank you austin and joey yeah no we totally appreciate it because we just we just can't be there all the time i want to 
I wish I could. Just like life happens and all of a sudden I'm like, there's like new people here and mm-hmm. uh that that new bot though, that greeting bot helps a lot. Greet bot helps, yes. Greet bot is uh, nice because I'm like, oh, there's a person. <laughs> I get a message that says there's something for me. Good. But yeah, no, it's like it's it's cool. We get to throw stuff and drink beer and somewhat say that we do it professionally, <laughs> <laughs> the most unprofessional professional way possible. I mean, uh, uh, we they, we uh, while we goof around and, and play, we are. Uh, fairly professional i i feel like in the fact that we actually do take the time to field work and review all the discs and oh yeah we fairly consistently put out podcasts every week with the, yeah with totally you know the last few months have been pretty bad because i had a kid and then holidays and, and fire then, then a freaking fire ravaged through our our town and uh burned you know a, a huge amounts of land and tons of homes and so we've been a little inconsistent the last three months. But other than that, we have pretty consistently put out a podcast after every single week. And that's, that's in my mind, that's professional. Regardless no, well, no, of, we've, we, of and we how. Put time, we, put time, we put time in ahead of time for usually about what we're going to talk about yeah. and whatnot. Like, yes. Regardless we, of how uh, uh, completely goofy we can get and <laughs> off topic and regardless of how much i sound like a hobo during the <laughs> yeah. podcast there's a lot of work that goes into it joe's uh joe's you know intro voices that he does time to time <laughs> intro voices oh, are you saying should i do intro voices done sure i'll done let's hear it what do you got oh i don't have any i i'm not an accent guy like, yeah i know I, well uh, i wasn't thinking accent maybe you could uh maybe you could impersonate a uh a celebrity or something impersonations accents in my mind are like the same world like i, I got it i don't really have any of that no no you maybe you could sing a song oh you don't no one wants me to sing all right well so so you can grunt and, and yep and probably i bet you could lay down some farts and that's been there yeah if you're a patron you know oh god <laughs> oh man it was like that <laughs> well now they don't need to subscribe. Hey, like it was better though. It was it was it was perfect. Uh yeah. Okay. I uh I definitely didn't have to, you know, purge the entire room as a result of it. You you fart way worse and <laughs> way is, more often than I do, especially in this room. And this your farts are horrible. Mine just make noises. <laughs> There's not usually like tons of smell. It's just they're vocal. <laughs> they're loud I, like I, me. I think this is an ub- unsubstantiated claim here. That you just so. you just like yours better. That's the only reason you're you're it sounds like roses. you're defending yours. That's not true. That's not true. Like I know when mine are bad. Everyone knows when theirs are bad. You fart in the car, and you're just like, oh no. <laughs> fart in the shower, that's the worst thing ever. <laughs> no, the the worst are are like the the one where where you you fart in the car and then you but it's like right when you're getting somewhere and you go in and like to a store or something like that. And, come back and you come back out and you sit in your car and you go, Oh No, my my worst that's, that's when you know you really I swear my worst farts happen <laughs> in my office. And I'm like, oh, please, no one come <laughs> and want to talk to me. Like, there are times where I'm like, I need to leave my office. 
I can't have someone come in and want to ask me a question. <laughs> it's going to be bad for everyone involved. <laughs> I need to go for a walk. I need to get out of here so no one can corner me in my office and be like, what happened in here? <laughs> my office is like an open studio for me. No, right. So, I have a little so if I'm gonna do tiny that, yeah, glass cage <laughs> office. But I mean, you could also just like go to the bathroom, you know, and just like take care of it instead of instead of just bombing your office all the time but i'm like doing work and stuff and like <laughs> sometimes you know get a little 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 rumbly tum and just gotta let one loose too many imperial ipas too many giant- i mean it's usually yeah it's usually like the day after podcast where too- i like drink beer all night too many ginormous imperial ipas I drink beer all night and then like get a taco truck quesadilla on the way home <laughs> Yeah, that's a bad idea. Don't do and that. And then, like, pass. Listen, it sounds like a bad idea, but it's also like that's how I can function the next day. <laughs> like, if I don't put that like food into my stomach in the end of the day, like I'm not gonna feel good the next morning. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, no, no more of that. It wasn't supposed to be a fart. It was more like me just being like trying to trying to take a load off. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to uh, peek behind the curtain, guys. I had to work late tonight. I came straight from work to here, and I have barely drank any beer. Mm-hmm. And until, I feel like until I- Until the last 45 minutes. I feel like I haven't like laid the- You know, when I talk about being professional and like- Putting work in behind the scenes. I love how we talked about being professional and then uh, segued directly into five minutes about farts. <laughs> hey, <laughs> farts are funny. I mean, that's just... always. <laughs> there's a lot we of tried so there's hard. a lot of professionals uh, who make money off of the hilarity of farts. We tried so hard. We talked about dead like a sincere, thankful segment and talked about being professional. And into farts. Immediately segment. And then I'm following up the farts with like I'm even. I'm I'm apologizing for not being tipsy enough for the podcast. <laughs> it's Listen, like, people have come to expect a certain level of Joe for the podcast. I feel. I feel like that's a, a valid uh observation or th- internal thought. And I'm trying to get there for you guys. I really am. I feel like you're doing you're doing just fine so far. Uh, delirium and drunkenness, you know, they're fairly close. You have delirium? No, I'm just. Well, it's a good beer. Deliriousness. Oh, that Eddie Murphy special. <laughs> no, it's just delirious. I know it was a, it was a joke. But yeah, but we that's why. Just, that's what, why I giggled like that. What if we just put that on and we could just <laughs> hang just out, drink beer, and kick it? <laughs> no, I think there's better things to do that. Um, there's probably actual disc golf things to talk about. Yeah, sure. So before you get into, do you want to talk about those things that you're going to talk about? Or should I just talk about something that's not up there that I brought up that you didn't want to talk about? Sure. You, you do, you do you on it. So I heard through the grapevine or possibly through another, uh, thing where people talking to microphones that I won't mention that. Yeah, you didn't want this, but I'm doing it anyways. Um, Westside and Latitude and Dynamic are going to reassess their flight numbers. Can't imagine where you heard this news. Which, the best part ever about that is the owner brought it up in the face of some dude who's like, flight numbers don't matter. They know. Yeah. 
the owner knows it's a real thing. Fight numbers matter. And especially West Side, those numbers are ridiculous. So yes. I'm excited for that. I yes. think that's very West good. West Side certainly needs some some revision to their numbers. Yeah, West Side. Well, they all do. All the trilogy stuff. There's a like some are spot on and some are ridiculous. I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I'm I'm excited uh you know, maybe that will spur, you know, brands like MVP and Axiom to, to give it a try to do the same thing. Yeah. I think I think at this point that the flight rating system that that is you know been kind of used by innova the entire time it, it, you really either just you pretty much got to go with it yeah and totally and i don't think there's any point in 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 trying to create your own or or whatever it is it's very hard to describe disc flight and i think the flight numbers do as good a job as as i've seen for anything in describing how a disc performs um, definitely and being able to explain it to another person it's still difficult it's not a beginner topic by any means talking about the the four flight numbers but uh i you know it's hard with some of them with the different especially like discraft like the the one point you know the i don't single understand number it at all I, and, I have no uh, clue what any of it means and things like that so um you know until something else emerges that that makes more sense i you know but I don't think there I don't think there is something that's gonna come up that's really gonna instantly mm-hmm. make more sense. I think what makes the most sense is for other brands just to adopt I mean and they, most they have, pretty much have. And most have and, and really so for us we use infinite as kind of yeah, our Which I feel does a pretty good job. They do. And if it and if we feel like it's off, we let you know for sure. But they're the most in line. The only thing that Infinite gets messed up with is they like one mold, regardless of pra- uh, plastics, has one flight rating. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you are a an innovative thrower, if you're a boss thrower, a fresh champion boss, and a one forty two Blizzard boss are nothing close to the same disc. Yeah. They're polar opposites. And so the numbers in Infinite are like the median point to yeah. that, which is yeah. insane. Or like the ape. The ape is the one that kills yeah. me. The ape like says it's like a like a minus one or something on yeah. Infinite, which is ridiculous. The ape is possibly more overstable than a PD two. It's so pretty overstable. It's yeah, gross. But it, and it's true. And certain ones like uh, it, specifically the boss you just mentioned. Um, I believe in champion is minus one and in, in star is a zero turn, right? Is that uh, other way? Other way. Okay. Other way. Yeah. Right. So and same with uh, the turn, right? The so turn, the, there I think is the star some is of, less stable than yeah. the champion, but it would be nice if, if all of the companies and, and more consistently put all that on there so that you could, you could tell because it's true, like different plastics net different stabilities and it could be that the more premium just a factor that the more premium plastics are more durable and less susceptible to wear and and therefore tend to be more stable but and it that's kind of just accepted as common knowledge for most people that right, right. that they just expect the more premium plastics to be more overstable mm-hmm. but it would be nice if that was quantified in some way yeah but i maybe we're asking for too much but still, re- regardless, I think um, the the scale that Innova 
started it just everyone should adopt and if you can and flight numbers are a guideline like we can't preach that enough we always say it's a guideline it's not definite it's not exact but if you look at something that is 13 speed and has a positive turn it's going to be crazy super beefy like yeah. period you know that it is is it going to be as beefy as this other one i don't know Maybe it's not. hard to tell when it gets in that range. Right. But it's it's going to be a meat hook. Yeah. Right? If you pick up a seven speed um, and it's got like a minus two turn, it, it's it's going to turn. Like <laughs> I would hope so. Like, yeah. like get, get ready. <laughs> it might be a roller. It might be a little more stable than that. I don't know. But if that's not something you're looking for, like you can move on and that's fine. I think using it as a guide is is the best piece. Like you're gonna know right away if it's a seven speed minus two turn. Like the rim is probably gonna be like a a smaller width. Like it's gonna feel good in your hand if that's what you're looking for. Like the mm-hmm. speeds kind of ultimately are bringing you to rim width. I mean, and I know more about speed than I do rim width, so I'd rather have that speed scale than it be like it's a one point eight. Yeah, yeah. And the speed's probably the one that that is most easily quantifiable because it's really just related to that rim width. Yeah. You know, the wider the rim, the higher the speed. And so the other ones are are more subjective, like glide and turn and and fade. Those all have to do with, with, you know, those flight characteristics in the the actual air, whereas the the speed is pretty much the wider the rim, the higher the speed. And, you know, the more weight is out to that outer rim of the disc, thus requiring more power to get it and uh, and more inertia. So <clears throat> that, that one is makes sense, that, that 13 speed. It's those other three, the glide, turn, and fade, that that, that can get kind of confusing. And it, I don't expect all of the disc golf companies in the world to be able to get on the same page and, and nail down their discs. And people could completely disagree with us on how we – rate the speed of certain discs that we review and that's they're certainly and they're wrong but that's fine <laughs> they're entitled to their opinions they are idiots but uh it is what it is on that part but i do there are certain ones that are pretty egregious and and could be pretty easily and maybe it just had to do with they they were testing it in a certain manner and thought it was going to be one way but then once it came through full production runs that it was clearly not as as overstable or understable but it'd be nice to i think that's good that they they've admitted it and and are going to go forward yeah no i think that's fantastic even though you had to listen to a rival podcast you get that information rival podcast like what other podcast uh has two awesome hosts that love discs neither one is a our pros and they talk about beer and farts I did none. As All right. Fact. So there's no rivals. We're the only one. We're number one. We're number one in disc golf, beer, and farts. <laughs> Can we add that to like our metadata? I always put beer and disc and disc golf. I need to add farts. In. Number one in farts. Sure. I and, mean, and beer and disc golf. Yeah. I feel like they, it, it should be assumed that if there's the beer involved, that there would also be some... Some, some uh, beer farts, yeah. We also would probably be connoisseurs of the fart, but... Uh, <laughs> like South Park, like farting into the glass. <laughs> but, I, you know, I feel like people could have guessed. Yeah, 
that we might be skilled. Yeah. I don't know if we're skilled. You know, just skilled, goes natural. Skilled you know reverberators. <laughs> we're we're naturals. <laughs> we're naturals. We were meant to do it. <laughs> Unlike putting, it does not take a lot of practice. No. No. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I guess I've been practicing for years. <laughs> but uh, I haven't, like purposely put time into that practice how many more times do you think we'll circle back to farts in this episode <laughs> i i think it's kind of just an ongoing theme <laughs> like i think like episode 87 will go down as the fart episode <laughs> how many times have we said fart already in this episode Oof, lots 87 times that can just be an ongoing theme for it i feel like do you think i'm gonna take is- a wild guess and say we're at like 32 right now you know what I'm kind of disappointed in? Hmm. Um, through our Slack group, I feel like this would have crept in by now, and it hasn't. I feel like there should have already been, and I think we talked about it in earlier episodes, but never kind of followed up. We figured someone else would do it. There's no like drinking game associated with our podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, because the whole thing is kind of an exercise, and so, oh. I mean, but yeah, that'd be good. But I guess a lot of people like... I guess you can't really set up like a drinking game to a podcast, right? Because a podcast Most for people are at work or, or driving, driving or whatever. That's true. Yeah. Right, I take it all back because yeah, that's I what I do. I'm I, like, I don't want to at my desk doing work and I have it in the background or it's, I'm in Me my too. car. So I can't be like, yep, time to take a shot. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yep. They said fart. Let me <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let me take a shot. Sorry, boss. Hold on. Yeah. No one's like, Hold on. hey, you guys want to get together Saturday night and listen to disc golf podcast? <laughs> That would be so <laughs> rad, though, if, that, if like people got together and listened and, uh, and have a drinking game for the oh podcast. No. No, please don't do that, people. Drink every time Joe says... Uh, <laughs> do, do fun things with your friends on the weekends. Play disc golf. Listen, listen to our podcast while you're bored at work. L- listen to the podcast whilst... Playing disc golf with your friends with a speaker playing and drink on the course throughout your round. Nah, I even that. I mean, that could be distracting, especially if someone like you, like interrupting the show in the very beginning, like some loud noise while someone's putting. That could that could be that could be awful. Oh God, that reminds me of that group behind us. I forgot about that. Oh, there's right the big now. group. Yeah, we went to play um, when we played with David. And there was a crew of legit, probably probably eighteen people. Yeah, I was like seventeen, eighteen people. Yeah, playing as one group. Yeah, it was like a mob, loud as shit. Yeah, pretty loud. It, until like we got to like they got to like the eleventh hole. Or they whatever. were funny though. Yeah, they were fine, but like the loudest <laughs> dude you could tell probably was like the worst disc golfer and had hella rollaways. It was tired by the time we saw them again. At like yeah, the, he got quieter. The tenth hold, you could you couldn't hear him at all because he's probably just huffing and puffing from going up and down hills all yeah. day. He's like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> um, they were entertaining. I thought it was funny. They were kind of entertaining, except for like, actually, they were fine. I no, think they were they were funny. They they were tongue in cheek about everything. They were like, when I they walked because we were we were ahead of them. At, on the tee, and when they walked up behind us, they're like, "Mind if we play through?" Yeah, it's like it, it no, they're fine. I guess you know what? we ran into a different crew the day before. Yeah, um, with our boys, and there was a crew of like seven, I think seven mm. in front of us. 
but they were like throwing multiple shots and there was just one dude who was crazy loud like nonstop. like even when his friends were like on the t-box yeah when we were on the t-box like 20 feet away and i was like dude i th- I was just annoyed that day i think i think so there was there's was those kids like trying to hit our kids with discs like yep. off the tee on yeah two. You're, you're a little angry yeah, man. Like I straight up had to like stand in front of my son and like hold up a disc to like block him from getting hit. Yeah, I did that too. And it was it was yeah that guy was was bringing hit some. I'm guessing someone else's kids. No, they said dad. Did they? They oh. said dad. Got it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I was just like, well, he didn't say anything when we scolded his kids because he probably was like, finally someone steps up to them. <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I had the guts to talk back to my kids. <laughs> so I work with kids all the time, and I run in lots of parents. Yeah, so like don't. it wasn't bad, but he they threw into our fairway and then like went down to their spot, and we're standing on our tee box, and they're like fifty feet in front of us, planning to throw directly over us, and we have our my three year old son and and Joe's four year old four year old son, and we're like, yeah, no, you're gonna stand over there and wait. Yeah, and, we're going uh, to tee off. We're going to tee off, of yeah. and then when we're done, you can... Especially he, because you were at a tee up there, and you almost hit our kids, like, <laughs> way far out of, like, the fairway. <laughs> you just, don't know what you're doing. We're going to get out of here before you throw again. their dad had thrown some terrible shot and wandered off, like, 250 feet in the opposite direction and was nowhere near them, and so we are just like, all right, well, it's time to learn about disc golf. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was a weekend of multiple times saying... Um, yelling yo and heads like that doesn't work on disc golf course <laughs> you say four like we're all trained we're all trained that when we hear four we duck and cover and grab our kids but when you're like hey yeah it doesn't it doesn't make me automatically yeah. look up they're, they're, they're all nice people though for the most part yeah I'm no just, everyone was nice yeah it wasn't bad I wasn't I wasn't, Every, everyone, everyone I wasn't was offended nice. Joe was a little ornery yeah I was, I was. Th- well, it didn't help that I was. You weren't playing well either. Yeah, so it that, didn't help that I was like. It didn't help. Plus five going into yeah. four. That, yeah. that, that, yeah. <clears throat> but otherwise. Should we get to the next little, little news item here? Yes. On our list. So, so the, uh, the Vibram Open at Maple Hill in, uh, Rock Hill and, uh, has been changed. It's title sponsor has now become MVP Discs, so it is now the MVP Open. So that's kind of big news because Vibram's been doing that for a while, um, and suddenly we've got MVP jumping in the game, which is awesome for them. I mean, they've really been been taking on a, a lot of growth here, and especially with their baskets that they've moved on to Axiom too, and and now becoming well, they sponsor their, of their Glow Game. I mean, this is one of the biggest tournaments on the disc golf schedule that they've now become the title sponsor sponsor for so that's big news i'm excited about that yeah no No, you don't care i mean i I love the tournament i think it's fantastic i don't know the title sponsor going from vibram to mvp like isn't gigantic my mind no i do the way i see it is is that you know vibram is a rubber company right yep so like their their disc golf segment of their company is a tiny part of what they do totally as as a company that like minute they might not even care it's so small um and and mvp is a disc golf company 
It's what they do. It's what totally, they care totally. about. And so to me, it 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 represents just a a company that has been experiencing what I see as a lot of growth and and releasing new discs and starting to sponsor more players and then you know becoming a major sponsor of a big tournament. I I see it as as a great step forward for MVP and I kind of see it as Vibram kind of going well meh. Steve Dodge is gone. Yeah, no, totally. Steve Dodge isn't with us anymore, and and you know, yeah, we're still going to make these discs as people buy them, but you know, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Let's, I just, let's I just make some shoes. I think in my mind, I compare it instantly to Masters going from DGA to Innova, uh-huh. and that's like changing of the guard. Like that's a huge, yeah. Cra- no, and that's then, true. and this in comparison, I'm like, well, cool. It's it's still uh but still, this was a long time sponsored by No, Vibram. totally. I think there is bigger MVP news, though. <clears throat> oh, yeah? Yes. Uh, friend of the show, Jeff Faze officially uh, is continuing at least one more year as an MVP-sponsored player. As he should. Yeah. So he, he put out, and I know you don't Facebook... He put out a fun like Photoshop thing with like it's true like uh, it was him like sitting at a desk like made it look like a press conference announcing that he's uh, signed on for another year with MVP and that they're big plans. So I think that's nice. pretty pretty rad. I'm I'm really excited to see more Jeff Faze and maybe he'll be the one to. Um, then why are you here poo pooing MVP news? Because it's be not in- as cool as Jeff Faze. Well, I was just about to say like maybe he he will be the one to. Uh, sway me away from my poo-pooing of MVP. I don't know if you paid him to slack at all, but I, I don't get. I don't get it. What do you mean? They make good discs. They make good. Di- they make good discs. Yes, but what's to get? I don't get what's that, that what's the whole like gyro has magic powers. I don't think that matters whether it does or not. You don't have to accept or 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 that's deny all I'm saying. That. But the, just throw the, the discs. They work. Anyways, God, you're so. I just I don't get why people w- get so wrapped up in the. It's marketing, yes, I know exactly, and but, that's all. But I like, was throw out. the discs; they fly great. They they have different flight characteristics to other discs in their same category. So there's something different about it. How many how many MVP Axiom discs do you throw regularly? I mean the I throw the 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 only ones I throw on a regular basis are Envies. All right, but I have a. Plenty of other ones that I yeah. have experience with, so yeah, no, and that, that's what I'm saying. They're cool, but it's they're not like revolutionary. Well, I don't know. I think the Crave is probably one of the better fairway drivers on the market. No, it's a great in, disc, in my opinion, and, for sure. And we hear great reviews on all the other stuff too. So I just I don't know why people get wrapped up in. You know, I think I'm just wrapped up, especially because we interviewed Steve, nicest dude. Like it was great. I yeah. really enjoyed that. But the the whole like. It's scientifically proven that it goes like twelve percent further. That's uh, where I'm. Well, I, I I can neither confirm nor deny. I deny. Well, I just I you know number one I honestly don't care, um because because maybe twelve percent when some awesome disc golf machine throws it they can throw really far sure, I can't so I'm not going to be able to realize or, or recognize that that part of it and I certainly don't pick up a disc thinking that I can get it to go 12% further just cuz it's a disc. I try to to get discs that I that that work with my throw and give me straight shots that I can throw accurate that feel good in my hand and that certainly fits the bill with with a lot of what they have. So 
and good plastics. They have just comparable with anything you would see in down to to the electron, you know, grippy stuff that they have, and and then the proton and more higher end ones that are very durable. So I don't really I don't know anything of, of about plastics. Yeah, but they they look cool. Mm-hmm. And they they they. Fly. I mean they, they and they have from what I can see pretty pretty high quality control. That's probably the biggest thing for me with what I see between the, the multicolor stamps and, and uh, you know, the, the names, the discs are embossed on, on there on the underside in most cases. And, and uh, just, just really kind of high quality product. Oh yeah. No, they're snazzy so, for sure. So that, to me, that was the, the news about this. That was just kind of like a, a company that is really just going, it's more going, so going all in. Is it more so a company going all in or more so a company being like, yeah, we, we tried. No, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure because I think there's a lot of other companies that would have liked to be the title sponsor of this too. So Vibram, whether Vibram backed out or not, the MVP still won, won the, the bid to become the title sponsor. So sweet. So no. And I think that's a great, that's a great, well, that's the thing too. Like this is really, and I think, um, Austin brought up in our Slack group. There's not, is there another tournament that you could think of that has that much of an actual title to it of like a, a brand tournament? Like it went from Vibram to MVP, but, but everything else is like, yeah, normally whatever tournament sponsored by presented yep. by. Yep. So I mean, maybe that, maybe there's more to yeah what you're saying because it's, yeah, that's how it rolls because there's not, you know, like I even said, with it's still Masters. Yeah. But it's Innova instead of DGA. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, of other podcasts, I listened to the Upshot, and uh, oh, our rival podcast. Yeah. Well, they're you know they're they're news. I like them. I've actually never listened to really uh, even a, I think a minute. But uh, they they posed a question or posed a thought that I hadn't even considered of uh, when when talking about this, which was that you know. Are we all of a sudden going to get a bunch of MVP baskets on on Maple Hill? Now that this is MVP title sponsored, and I was like, "Oh, that's a pretty sweet thought." We'll see. Who knows? I, I mean, I, I, well, who knows? But I know, like Innova didn't go through and be like, "We're going to take these mock X's out and put in disc catchers." Yeah, because that's just like that doesn't. But it's all. Money. But that's the thing too. It's it's one tournament. It's not the year round. Yeah. Course. And I, I don't think Innova it's cares. Not, well, but at the same time, it's not. Um, they're not sponsoring the course year round. Like it's not now an MVP course. They're doing one tournament a year. Like well, I they don't can know switch they it out would... for the tournament. Oh yeah, I would. I could see that's a smart idea. I mean, I assume it was just a thought. I was like, oh, you know, that's... I assume all the sleeves are um, the but... same, except for. Disc Park has like the weird like bases. Yeah. I feel like those are the or Disc Golf Park or whatever it's called. Yeah. The the um, Disc Mania baskets are kind of. Well, those are Innova baskets. Those are disc catchers. But that what's that base though? They have that big like. Yeah, that that's their base. That's specifically for it. But the sleeve fits on on. I think it's all the same size pipe for most disc golf baskets. Yeah. Yes, it should Pretty be. Close. Like it would be I ridiculous. Mean, it's, if just, it's just a pipe. That would be, you, you know, know, you know what company if they made uh, disc golf baskets would be the company that make their own stupid sleeve that only their baskets could have. You know. Do I? 
Apple. <laughs> Fucking, we gotta have our own thing that's proprietary that no one else can use. Like only ours can have it, even though everyone else uses the same exact thing. Ours is probably better, so we're gonna change it. Fucking so dumb. You know it's true too. That's why you're laughing like that. I do. I do. Like they've made me so much money. I love them, but yes, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a of a disc golf comparison to not being able to charge your phone and listen to the headphones at the same time. I am having trouble coming up with one. But or use the mouse at the same time. It's about as frustrating as missing a four foot putt. Yeah. So, yeah. Yay that. <laughs> so in summation, uh Joe loves Jeff Faze, but doesn't like MVP or Axiom or or uh No, I think they're fine. I just I don't um using the gyro as the reason they're the superior brand is I That's don't just like. marketing. That's all. They're not su- the superior brand. Just they just, just Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's the you know that's the apple of disc golf is they get they have this following. They have this crazy following is like, "No, they you don't understand. You understand they're better than everything else because of this." And I'm like, "No, it's never improved. That doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> No, that's not real. Like, well, that's what it is. Joe's just like taking out his Apple hate right now. I don't understand what this is coming from. I don't understand either. <laughs> I'm take, I'm, like, why is it? I don't know. It's been a long week. I just got, I got in like, what like you- the closest thing to an argument I ever have on Slack about this. And now I'm letting just, it carry over. You just got to let it go, man. That's what I'm trying to say right now. I'm trying to have you this cathartic. Gotta, let me have my catharsis. <laughs> just got to take some. And deep, let's move on. Some deep breaths. Maybe. Do you need the whiskey back? Do you need that back? Uh, uh, yeah, probably. All right. Here. You can take that. Just take take a deep breath. And I will lead us into our dear review. How about that? You, that going to work? There we go. Yeah. It's going to be okay, buddy. Thanks, buddy. All right. It's now time for our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring it on the course. Tonight, we have the Westside Giant, which is a 13-speed, five-glide, one-turn, a, a positive turn, which we just kind of talked about uh, moments ago, and then a four-fade. And we are pairing it with gigantic brewing companies ginormous imperial ipa which is an 8.8 percent alcohol imperial ipa uh out of uh, portland i believe i know it's out of oregon somewhere but i'll have to take a quick look there and see whether portland yeah so um you know portland's got a lot of great beer up there so you want to set it down i'll pop that thing open and pour it for us joe do you want to start talking about the giant now that you're you're ready to go so uh, the giant has like a a decently sized rim, so you know I'm down. It's got a big rim. Like it doesn't. Uh, it's not like rampage big, but it's big. Well, rampage is 14 speed, so that makes sense. Yeah, um, I mean it's a nice disc. I had a a, a, a giant a long while ago. The first giant I owned was. 
super beef, but my arm speed wasn't there yet. So I was able to pick this up off of a buddy, um, and it's used, but I don't think it's used. Like, it's in super good condition. Yeah, it, it was pretty clean. But basically, like, looking at the – we brought it up before that Westside's going to look at numbers again. My biggest issue is the positive turn. I, I agree. Like, positive turn is a – it's just – it's a ridiculous statement. I mean, it, I guess it exists. It's hard for me to comprehend. I, I don't yeah. – I feel like it should be zero or... That's like when there's a, a disc that's like, oh, it's got like a seven glide. I'm like, no, that's not a real thing. Like, that doesn't... No, like... Mm-mm. Um, and that's, I think, the other thing, like, looking at, like, having a five glide but a positive turn, like, wouldn't that just... Wouldn't those negate each I, other? I, I completely agree. I look at this, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. So one of the two is wrong. I think both are wrong. Yep. That's exactly where I'm at. I, I I think that one, it should be zero, and that the five is probably more like a three or a four. I would say four. I I so that's that's the difference. So Rob and I talked about this before. We so we threw this one separate. We didn't throw it together in the field, which we, we shouldn't do because because it it leads to these. We normally can work this out in the field totally, totally. and come to an agreement, right? And we don't agree, and and we don't agree on this one at all. And normally we 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 do. But Nor we can see each other's throws and 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 understand we don't, and it's purely up to us. And and we talk about this all the time. We are very good judges of whether we're rounding or throwing with Heiser and Heiser, but we're a million times better when we're throwing together. And we all know this. We all have times where like, no, I threw that like perfectly flat, and your buddy's like, bro, that was like full Anheuser. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So. There is a chance of that. Real talk. I'll, I'll be real talk. There's totally a chance that um, one of us is wrong. <laughs> I <laughs> wink, think I wink, know which one me, it is. Not me. <laughs> yeah, it is. We're talking about 13-speed driver. It's not. Listen, it is beef. It is a 13-speed huge fade disc um, with like no turn. I'll still say the no turn. I think the glide is closer up to that that four though, because that's that's the one thing I'm saying. Like, it wasn't going left out of my hand. I could get out there very far before it hooked up. I mean, it hooked up hard, mm-hmm. but it was getting out there deep before yeah. that. Um, I I mean, I, I've had, like, 375, 380 pulls with it for See, sure. I maxed out around 360 with this disc, which to me is disappointing. Well, but that's also... That that probably makes sense, though. Because, I mean, I could, I could throw a buzz that far if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So... True that. Well, but that's the thing. Um, like, I look for discs that are my distance control rather than <laughs> changing the angle or uh, mm-hmm. throwing at a lower, you know, percentage or whatever you want to say. Like, I threw it 70%. Like, I like discs that I can just pull back and rip. Um, I, I do think that that... The turn is a zero, and I think this is a good um, representation of like the way we always talk about a Thunderbird. Like if if you throw this with any hyzer, like yeah, it's gonna go left real quick. If you throw it flat though, it's gonna glide out a lot further before it hooks up. But it's gonna hook up and hook up hard. But I, I like I said, I was having very good pulls with it. I felt confident what I was doing. Um, in the conversation Rob and I were having, like, prior to this, we were talking about, in his mind, it was, like, the same boat as a PD-2, 
And for me, a PD2 is way more beefier than a Giant is. Yeah. Like, for me, I don't care what don't, angle I release quite. a PD2 on. Like, it's going left pretty darn quick out of my hand. Like, there's a very set distance that's probably, like, 350 that I'm getting a PD2 yeah. out. And, and the... And I think, and that's probably what skewed my idea of the Giant 2 is because I picked it up and looked at numbers and said, like, this is probably a PD2. And I was like, oh, man, no, I can throw this way further. And I can throw it, like, longer on a straight line before it hooks up than a PD2. Like, it's it's nowhere close to as beef as a, as a PD2. Yeah. So my numbers are probably skewed in my head, too, because I have that, like, crazy thing that I'm judging it against. Yeah. I, so for me, and and that once I get into this speed range, it's very difficult for me to to really accurately evaluate a disc at this speed that is this overstable. Because when I get to that point, I don't really care whether it goes 340 or, or 360 feet out of a 13-speed driver. To me, I throw that, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is just stupid overstable. Like, I can do this exact same shot with a with a firebird or with something else that that gets the same amount of distance and not have to deal with this wide rim driver uh like this so i I, it's for me that's where i come from with those discs and when when i see that and when i say that it falls in that category it's because to me it's i'm not getting the distance of that speed rating compared to like i have a 13 speed feldberg boss in there that i can throw 70 feet further you know right well and for me so, like I, yeah I, I can get this out further than a firebird like a firebird um I, i'm not getting out 380 no with a firebird no um, but i'm not getting this out that far personally. yeah but i'm just for me it's like in that world of super specialized like super um whatever i i've seen a lot of people throw them for like their big spike hyzer disc mm-hmm. but also like if i need to go 350 and want to have a big skip left like if i need to get around some trees and i need to end like super left yeah like i could see this being a better choice than um a pd2 like i know i can get it out yeah. there flat and and have it i think you're we're parsing small parts about this. My point is that this is uh, more to the lines that this is not a beginner friendly disc or oh, even no, a, no, an not intermediate friendly disc. And so I'm lumping it in that category gotcha. because that's what I'm saying is that you need to think of it that way. And it, just because you can handle it. And, oh, 100%. And see the, sorry. Yes. The slight I, differences in it. I'm 150,000. I'm talking times. about it in that way because yeah. for me, it gets in that category of, of, very overstable high speed distance drivers that can really only be used for powerful arms and if you're out there you know being like oh i want to try this overstable driver or i'm going to learn how to throw a flex shot and stuff like that it's just not going to help you out no not at all so, no okay yes so i that's I fully more agree with that. when i when i when i lump it in that category it's not that i'm i know that that uh, you know a, a fresh sea uh, line PD2 that's max weight is more overstable and and gonna be you know more resistant to power than the the West Side Giant is, but it's still roughly in the same category in terms of of speed and and the rim width and overstability. It's it's 
pretty damn overstated. Yeah, no, like I'm not I'm not trying to say at all that I got it in the field. It was like it was a roller. <laughs> like I just I just like reached back and <laughs> put my D into it and just got on the ground and, and rolled for five hundred feet. No. It's beef. But it's in a way that got it's, a little fart in the X step and Heiser flips like <laughs> like a roadrunner. You know, just flip it up to flat. Like you gotta throw like a forty five degree angle though, or it's yeah, just you, rolling. You gotta be real careful. <laughs> flip it flat, it goes for like six hundred feet. You know, definitely do big. not throw this disc in a headwind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll just be a roller. Um, yeah, this disc you can throw in any headwind. There's not a headwind <laughs> yeah, that I would worry about. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, it's it, not only that, but it's also like the inverse. If there's a tailwind, like don't look at the disc. I was looking at the uh, the infinite reviews, and they asked people to to tell you like what uh, you know whether it how it forget. I'm so hoping someday there's going to be infinite reviews that reference the disc golf podcast. I I love the people that like they the, when they ask you like how friendly is it for certain people. There's like a category for it, and there's multiple people that are like. The majority of them are not beginner-friendly, not beginner-friendly. not. And then some people are like neutral, somewhat beginner-friendly. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> and then most of them are terrible for beginners, terrible for beginners. Which it should be. Everyone terrible. should say that. Anybody who says otherwise doesn't know what they're I, doing. I totally agree. There's like I I have gained so much scorn for infant reviews. <laughs> like there are times that I just look at them and like get upset. Like I've stopped looking yeah. at them. Um yeah. It's it's such a bummer. Like I looked, but you can also see in here is that there's a couple of people that uh, that have good good review history. For instance, this guy right here, Big Country, that's that a, uh, he's reviewed a right ton there. of discs, and he is talking about inconsistency in their runs. So, so I believe that. So, so you you could have that. People are some people are getting some giants that that maybe aren't as anywhere near as as overstable as as what we're seeing and and what uh what other people have had so but that's the, and that's i mean we talked about that earlier like that's the real thing is when we talk about disc golf when we talk about flight ratings um there's inconsistency with their uh mint already brought it up like their alphas their first run alphas the color totally mattered yeah and legacy, legacy same thing color totally matters plastic um and that's the whole point like plastic totally matters and that's really what the word it needs to get to and i'm i'm totally fine with that and i think it that's how it should break down it should it should say like hey i want a <laughs> i mean we might have reviewed a disc twice on this show in two different plastics, and they threw different. Yeah. Um, there's a difference at times between a gold line and an opto. Like, that's how it works. You know, a biofusion trespass, from what I've heard of never thrown, is totally different than uh, an opto. Yeah. You know, the, the plastics change flight characteristics. Mm -hmm. It's... it's it's a big deal. So I don't even know that it's an inconsistency thing. I think we just haven't started rating things consistently, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, so anyway, so back to the giant. This is reminding me, and I'm going to go on another tangent about tangents. Oh, no. I, at one point, decided to try and go back and listen to our episodes to like actually catalog what our um, deer review ratings were. 
and ran into an episode where we went into a tangent during the deer review and never actually gave it a rating. Yeah. That's not going to happen this time, but I did want to get us back to the giant. Giant is beef. Yes. If you... Unless you're looking for a big, beefy disc that you don't need to worry about doing anything but being just a big Spike Heiser disc. One, if you want that, if you, if you can't throw over 370, don't touch this disc. I agree, yeah. If you want a disc that you can pump out and get around some trees and have a big left hookup and you can't throw um, intermittently over 400... Don't look at a giant. <laughs> if you can do said things, like giant's a cool ass disc. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. It's that's it, what it, the whole point of a giant. Like the giant was the giant originally in the West Side lineup was supposed to be their big ass meat hook that you can rip out as hard as you want. And I think And aptly named. Yeah. And and I think it's um kind of lives in that and you brought it up before, like that fresh boss world. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it's probably a disc too in that same area that when you beat a giant up, I don't think it's going to be as flippy as a boss might get, but you're going to be able to do a lot of things with, with a boss when you are mean with a giant, when you beat one up. Yeah, I'm sure. I know a lot of giant throwers. Um, I know, uh, Johnny McRae is a big lover of the giant, and I've seen him flip and turn some giants. So, yeah, you know, you beat him up, and they'll do some cool stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah. uh, if you don't have the time and the patience, or you don't find a used one, um, and you don't have a big arm, like, there's not a point in messing with them, especially if you don't like big rims. There's no point. That's the main thing for me. I just do not like the feel of this disc. <sighs> like, I almost, it's like not big enough. <laughs> Like, my shit's so weird. Like, I'm so blown away that I'm, like, (laughs) Like the only one. No, that I'm the only one who, like, wants, like, the widest rim possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Like, and it's not even, even, like, a pride thing. It's not even, which at some point it probably was. And maybe (laughs) I just, like, broke myself into it. But there's, like, something about Rampage rim is, like, the greatest feeling ever in my hand. Yeah. Like that's, I, that's I want every disc to be like the two point two or whatever it is. Joe's putting with 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 rampages. No, because I have a different grip with putting. But for a power one, grip, one could only hope. for a power grip like the widest rim possible is the best in my hand. And and that's that. Yeah, I just <laughs> it's it's the best. And the giant, like the giant, I like was like oh, I wish it was just a little bit wider. <laughs> And same thing with PD too. Yeah, but it's it's a beefy, it's a pretty disc. Um, like I said, if you've got a if you've got a bigger arm, um, it's it's definitely worth picking up. I know Brian' uh, requirement is a a very avid giant throw, and I've oh, seen yeah? him throw some good lines. The and usually like on big Heiser lines. Yeah, um, that's those are the best throws I had with it. Where. Yeah. We're, 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 you, you can trust it. You committing can to, trust to it. throw, throw a flat throw out to the right and being right-handed player. So a flat throw out to the right and let it work. And it had good glide and got out there and nice throws. I just, I can, I, I feel like I can do that same throw with several different discs at, that are a lower speed. 
and I, those rims feel better in my hand. Yeah. Well, and for me, like it's in the world of a defender, or yeah, I agree, or a gladiator. Yeah, um, definitely very kind similar. of the same way. I mean, if you go back to my review of the gladiator, I was kind of the same. It's very I similar said, to the gladiator. Was like, hey, it doesn't go left out of my hand. Like I got it further out flat than I thought I could, and it still had a big like hook up at the end that I totally um, could trust every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, gladiator is a great comparison. I, you know, they're very similar in that range and i think so. they're and i think if you adjust the numbers to kind of what we just talked about like yeah. put it to a zero instead of a one i think it's like the exact same number except the glider might be a three instead of a four yeah fade. pretty close pretty close you ready to talk about the beer uh so this- you mean this 8.8 <laughs> imperial ipa yeah imperial yeah, it's, it's imperial imperial, imperial. ginormous um, imperial it, ipa it's good by gigantic bring it's actually fantastic i'm i'm surprised i've been this whole time you've been raving about this wide rim overstable disc all i've been thinking about is how good this beer is that i'm drinking it's it's fantastic so out of uh, uh portland oregon gigantic brewing company and this is an 8.8 percent alcohol american double imperial ipa and uh it is extremely smooth. This is a dangerous Imperial IPA. No, totally. Well, uh, well, yeah. This is a problem. It's like it's like fruity. It's like oh, it's 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 very very smooth. There's almost zero indication of the alcohol uh, nope. content. No, nope. uh, yeah, it's, it's not boozy it, at all. It's not boozy at all. It's not dry at all. Also, so it's not leaving you with. It's a, like juicy fruity uh, IPA, and then it's like hey, but like I'm like a IPA. And I'm bitter, but in a cool way. Yeah, it says 100 plus IBU. I don't know that I agree with that on the on the thing here, but uh, because it it is bitter, but I don't think it's it's kind of over the top. I got the bitter that um, like the first sip I had, I got a, a big punch of bitter, and maybe I just like adapted to it already, and I'm like, yeah. I think I'm probably just drinking it too fast to let the bitter <laughs> sink in either. But yeah, it's a it's a nice golden golden mm-hmm. color to it. it. Had a little bit of head when we poured it and a uh, little just, cloudy little yeah a little little cloudy you can see little specks in there too but it's it's terrific um i i got got no complaints on this one it's it's i feel like it's fairly straightforward almost simple flavor to it it's smooth it has the the fruity profile that you would expect from an imperial ipa and you know the citrus kind of kind of flavors to it but it's just bit you know not that bitter very smooth and extremely drinkable. I mean, well, you, and you would you could get yourself in trouble with this totally because the same flavor profile. Like you could say, oh yeah, like it's just a standard like nice citrusy this IPA. Could easily be like oh, like a six a six two six five. Yeah, and then you're like oh eight eight oh I just drank a whole bottle of this crap. Oh yeah, I knew it was eight point eight the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it really is. It's in that it, you you could get yourself in trouble just in that. That part of it, just, um, you know, not, not too heavily carbonated. Pretty it's just smooth. It's like a rich, smooth, juicy beer. Um, yeah, like it's. I I don't it's know fantastic. what what to say more than that. It's. Um, Do you know where we got this? Was this a Tavor? It was a Tavor. Okay, it is a Tavor. But I did look. We were looking at this on. Uh, beer advocate and it is a regular release which i'm so excited about it's not a like 
Yeah, I one off. I will like, happily seek this out if yeah. if I find it. That's yeah, it's out of Portland, so we we know some people. We can probably get some, yeah, some some deals or whatever. But yeah, no, it's um, I would say it's more. It's definitely more citrusy hops than a piney hop. Like yeah, it's not. A, it's, I agree. Yeah, it's not hoppy like piney. I'm not like. Ooh, that's I got like pine needles in it. Yeah. It's it's more like that uh, orangey. Um, mm-hmm. It's not even like pineapple. It's more kind of just more orange. Yeah, I'd say it's just straight orange almost. But but good, like lovely. Yeah, lovely. Um, yeah, and the bitterness is good, but it's not overt. I think the nope. Again, the hunt. and it's all on the back. It's all yep. like, the the bitter is all at the end of the taste. Mm-hmm. You don't get any up front. It's all like. And it, but it's not like sweet citrusy, mm-hmm. like it's kind of almost tarty. But you get the the juice. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I really like it. I think, um, I think the uh, the naming might be a little bit bit off in terms of the type of beer. You know, just in terms of like the saying it's a hundred IP IBUs and stuff like that, and some it's, of that it's stuff. I think that's the, I think the it's, it's the only thing that that I don't uh, that I don't really agree with. I think it's just, uh, but um, you know, it's really easy drinking and and uh, and the high alcohol content. You know, so like yay. I I can't. It lives in the world of. Um... Like the crazy Belgian wits that you're like, oh, that that's eleven percent. Like I would never know. Yeah. Um. It's there's it's not there's no booziness at yeah. all. I just think that this is is a like it says Imperial IPA. I think it's it's it, even though the eight point eight is in that technically in that range, the flavor profile is closer to a standard IPA. What is the difference between a double and an imperial? Well, I mean, just the the flavor to it. You you get the 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 heavier hoppy flavor that is, and sometimes you end up with some malty flavor to it too. I'm just trying to say, like, I I don't I don't I should know more. Mm-hmm. Could it live more in a? Would a double IPA be a better name than an imperial IPA? No, that's the same thing. That's what I was. That's yeah, what I was yeah. trying to ask. Yeah, the double. So American double or Imperial IPA synonymous uh, uh, for it's the like same a metric system. But yeah. but I was just saying that the flavor profile totally is is similar. It to me is more in the range of of a regular IPA than what we normally expect from from an Imperial, even though it's got a high alcohol content to it. You know what it reminds me of though. Now I'm thinking about it that another another double IPA that uh is sneaky good and sneaky high alcohol the rendition of enjoy by that was citrus uh-huh yeah like it's in a similar world yeah. but it's a little, this is smoother even than that I agree I agree uh, granted that was 94 but still yeah but um, that's what I mean that you typically you get a little bit higher alcohol and it's and- so I guess the citrusy for me is more um orange juice than it's orange peel yeah and i think there's a lot of citrus ipas that are more like the 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 tarty like orange peel okay than, i'll buy that than orange like this is a sweeter but not like yeah sugar sweet but it's not that super okay i'm uh, going really fantastic i mean yeah. very extremely drinkable so i i highly recommend it. i'm i'm impressed it's not what i was expecting at all like, no I, I was expecting when like, i read the label a dirty 
super hoppy, yeah. uh, bitter, like exactly kick you and in the dick. And it's not beer. really that. Yeah. I I think even the name that you know ginormous and stuff like that. It's not really. I think that doesn't really go with this this beer necessarily. Uh, but you know the bright brewing company is called Gigantic, so that's their theme. Well, and they have like a mech on it. I think this one could have been called like Gigantic Brewing Kaiju, like been like a big like a uh, a cool like cartoony Godzilla type monster. I'm down. Um, all right, so let's talk about. I mean, I think I I'm pretty positive what <laughs> you're gonna go with. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. So the disc, I'm it, not something I would ever put in my bag. Uh, the rim is too wide. It's it's too overstable. So I, we do get this question all the time. What what do you bag that you would use for the same? Um, this specifically, I mean, I have a couple of things. I have a destroyer in my bag that that is overstable enough to do what this does, and I also most of the time would probably use my Firebird. Your Firebird, I was going to even say your um, Color Glow Thunderbird. That would do it too. Yeah, I kind of feel like I that's could throw. Probably... I could throw those the Thunderbird further than I can throw this. This, I think. Yeah. I didn't bring it out because I brought out high speed discs when I threw it because it was high speed. So I brought yeah. out the destroyers and I bosses and and things like that that were in that 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 uh, speed range and. Um, yeah, so that that's a, uh, it's it's just not quite. It's just a tad too overstable for my liking. Tad too big of a rim. I right. Just, it didn't. I wasn't a huge fan. No, sir. I don't like it. Yeah. Um. What about the beer? The beer's fantastic. I would absolutely throw this in the bottle keeper. Oh yeah. And and bring it out. I yeah. No qualms. Oh with that. yeah. Yeah. Right. And like I said, like oh sneaky. Like oh I drank a bottle eight point eight. I didn't know. Like I would. Full knowledge would be like, hell yes. Yeah. I'm going to drink this 8.8 on yeah. the course. I'm excited. Joe and I just shared a 22 and, and all our life's problems are solved right now. Yep. Yep. World peace just happened yeah. at least for the next 20 seconds. Yeah. Like things are good. Uh, yeah. This beer for sure. For sure. If, if I find it in the store, if I find it in the store, like I would overpay for it for we should, sure. We should go to our the, to, to Broadway and, yeah. and, and just show it to him and be like, hey, can you get this? I bet he can. I bet he can too. Bet he can. But hey, if you can get a case, like we'll just buy the case. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's excellent. I I really really enjoy it. I I you know I don't know. You got to go crazy hunting it down, but it's it's good. It looks like it has enough distribution that it's not insane to find. It. Yeah, I agree. At least where we are. So you you bag the Gladiator currently. Now is uh, this well, disc any I, sort of threat? I already I already. Uh, Sack the sack challenge. Oh, you did. That's right. Not really. I just, I, um, the gladiator was more what I wanted the defender to be, but I have a bio defender that I've heard so many amazing things about once it's beat in some. So I took the gladiator out and put the bio defender back in Got because it. I, I'm like, I'm going to hit rocks. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I need to, like when am I going to beat it in if not now? So the biodefender is actually in my bag rather than the gladiator. Got it. But therefore, there's no reason for a giant to be in my bag. Yeah. So um, I've got a defender or a gladiator, um, depending on how I feel that day. But probably defender for a minute. 
But I threw the, I threw the giant before. I like the giant. I think it is a great disc, and I think um, because it was kind of one of the early mainstays for West Side, I think it might have gotten overshadowed by the world. That's what I was thinking about. Like the world kind of like knocked out the giant, but the the world is a different disc. The world is beefy early. Kind of, I think the world is more similar to a boss. Like once, like I have a, a finish stamp world that I get turn. Yep. Like it is a, I can flip up and turn it. Um, I, the giant is that stable, consistent disc that I think, um, people should totally throw. Like if you're a trilogy thrower and you, are too cool for a gladiator or a <laughs> defender. <laughs> All the same. Um, check out a giant. I think a giant is like one of those early ones that are worth looking back at. Just like I feel like the early molds and a lot of the chili brands gets overlooked. Like I think Trespass is having a renaissance now and a lot of people didn't realize that it's one of the first like four discs that were mm-hmm. manufactured by dynamic discs. Yeah. And it kind of just went under the radar and now all of a sudden people are like, Oh yeah, Emac throws a trespass, and by Emac I mean they heard Joe throws a trespass. So yeah, and he they was, want to throw a trespass. And McCabe was like, you know what? I should probably give that disc right? another look. Right? He was like, this guy keeps talking about how great it is. Yeah, like I, you know what? He is right. Yeah. Um, but I think the Giants I really in that want same to throw world. the same shit that Big J does. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Everyone knows me as Big J. By everyone, I mean no one has ever said that before until you just said it. <laughs> sure that's the first time. No one has ever said that. Um, but I think the Giants in that world where it's like came out, it was such one of those mainstays of the West Side line that uh, it's kind of overshadowed. Like, oh, yeah, there's other things. There's lot lots of stuff that's come out since, so it's probably better. That's not the case. It's worth picking it up, checking it out if you're a West Side dude and you can, you can throw decent um, – it's a fun disc. I'm not carrying it though. All right. Neither am I. So. So that's uh. That's it. What you gonna give us a rating? Yeah, that's that's. Two so for- I'm 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 uh, one for two, on on that. No disc. Yes, yes, yes. Beer. Yeah, I I mean I'm the same boat. I'm the same boat. I think I like the disc more than you did. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean, I've got so much comparable, so much, so many comparable discs. That I would rather throw than a giant. Yeah. Uh, that that it's not going to go in. In a yeah, see, but and it's such like um, a specialty disc too that if I like this is the comparison I always use, or this is like the rating system I always use. Like if I went to this town and I wanted to go play disc golf and I didn't have my bag and there's a disc golf store, I still don't think I would pick up a giant. I agree. That's because a, there's that's... there's not. There's not there's not enough throws on a course yep. that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna need a giant for that. Yeah, whereas other ones were like, you know what? This I could this I could mimic what I do. Like at a pine. Like yes, going back I re- can, totally. Or going a, back a compass, yes. I can take that. Or going disc. back to MVP, like, oh, like a crave, like cool. Like I can I well I can I, I can, can make I that can work. throw a crave. Yeah. Like we're gonna be yep. fine. Um but giant, it's just it's at the same time I if they had the exact same all the same discs in my bag, I still wouldn't be like Sick, I'm gonna get a defender. Sick, I'm gonna get a gladiator. Like I just I don't use them enough and they're not something that Yeah. Going into a course blind, especially, am I gonna be like, Oh, I need this fucking meat. Massively hook. overstable yeah. meat. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think a, a a blind course if I get like I would 
like you were saying actually earlier, I would get a Thunderbird or a Firebird yeah. and be like, that's I'm, fine. I'm sure people get some really nice flex shots out of out of this disc too. It's not really a huge part of my game um, to, to really... And, and I don't recommend it being... And I, neither one of us really recommend flex shots being a huge part of your game until you know what you're doing yeah like a flex shot is not a place to start distance no no and and you don't want to make a habit of it nope i'm happy you'll, I broke, you'll get in the woods and you won't know what to do i'm happy i broke that early because yeah. i was doing that for a minute and i'm so happy that yeah. i i saw the light that that's not the that's yeah. not the way to go anyways that's two out of two um two out of four two out of four that is uh like one episode in the span of where there should have been two. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's great. You got something and we're happy to be here. Um Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. So, that's it. That's all we got for this episode of the Disc Golf Podcast and our dear review. We thank you for listening. Check us out at throwstuffatstuff.com. That's our website. You can check out all our episodes on there. We also have a list of our deer reviews. Our disc and beer pairings are on there. You can check out. We got shirts on there. If you want to grab some of those. We're running low on on uh, actually run out of quite a few sizes. Yeah, so we don't have we don't have a lot. And of, uh, lots of shirts left. and there's there's some of them still left out there, but you can check those out. We have our Slack group that you can join via our website. There's a join Slack link on throwstuffstuff.com. Slack is a uh, communication app, and so we have this awesome chat group that has just ballooned up and got a ton of people in there all the time talking about disc golf. Uh, people have created channels for their own areas, you know, like Colorado, and, uh, you know, we've got Northern California, all all kinds of places, tons of them. And, and, I'll, uh, and I'll tell you right now, if you are on the East Coast, if you are over there, join up because uh, I feel like a revolt is coming. Yeah. P- people are starting to hate on the West Coast because we're very West Coast centric on that side group, but it's not because we don't love the East Coast. We just need more y'all to jump in. I agree. I agree. So we, we need a few more East Coasters. So uh, join us there. We will welcome you and uh, answer your questions directly if you have any. And uh, always, always stoked to talk to our, our fellow Disc Golf Podcast listeners. So check us out there. And uh, if you haven't gotten one already, get yourself a Bottle Keeper. They're awesome. Bottlekeeper.com. It's this awesome thing that allows you to keep, keep your beer cold. Keep your beer cold. It's a, that was just a joke. Just, just check it out. Go to bottlekeeper.com. Look at it. You'll see. It's it's life-changing. Use promo code DISCOLF to get yourself $5 off. Heck and yeah. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. <laughs>